Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, here we are. We're continuing through the New Testament. We are in Mark chapter 13. And uh, this is the end of the age. It's what we're dealing with in Mark 13. Should be fun. Chapter 13, verse 1. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. So they're admiring the architecture there again. We've said it before that these uh, guys are from the countryside. They're from the Galilee, the breadbasket of the country. It's where all the shepherds live, all the fishermen, all the herds, all the flocks. And so they're in the city. And uh, there in the city, they're sort of enamored with all of the architecture, all of the buildings, just like we are when we go and visit cities that we've never been to before. We, you know, we look around, we look at what's going on, and they called attention to Jesus. You know, look at these, look at these buildings. And Jesus said this, do you see all these great buildings, the temple and everything else? Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Wow. So... You're in New York City looking at the Empire State Building and you go to your friend, uh, hey, take a look at that. What do you think of that? Oh, you know, that whole thing's going to come down. Well, well, you'd think, what a strange statement and you probably would ask about it. Well, that's exactly what his disciples did. As Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, uh, we've said this before, if you've been following through with us, uh, the city of Jerusalem is on a hill and the Mount of Olives is on a hill, and in between is the Kidron Valley. And you need to go down into the valley to get up. So you're looking, when you're on the Mount of Olives, you're looking directly at the city of Jerusalem. And keep in mind, we're still dealing with the last week of the life and the ministry of Jesus. And so as they're sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, because they went up the hill and they're tired, so when they get to the top, they take a rest. Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately. So four of them come up. They're, they're a little bothered by what it is that Jesus is saying here and want to know what in the world he's talking about. And they said, tell us, when will these things happen and what will be the sign that they are about to be fulfilled? Hmm. So a couple of questions. Matthew, you know, here it seems like it's two questions. Matthew seems like it's uh, three questions they're asking. But Jesus answers the question. And here's what he says. This is great interest to a lot of people. Jesus said, watch out that no one deceives you. We like to say around here that the nature of deception is you don't know you're being deceived. Otherwise, it would be something else. You don't know when you're being deceived. So watch out that no one deceives you. You always need to be discerning. You always need to keep your eyes open. You always need to have your baloney meter turned on. Don't leave the house without your baloney meter. Verse 6, many will come in my name, a lot. A lot of people are going to come in the name of Jesus. And they're going to claim, I am he, and they're going to deceive many. So these would be cults, cult leaders, uh, false religions, uh, the twisting of scripture, all of these things that fall into those categories. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Now, I know this from having lived uh, six decades, that whenever there's a war, people are always questioning what's going on. Is the world going to end? Uh, you know, now we're living in the time where are people going to use nuclear weapons? You know, what might happen? Uh, was Jesus coming back? Jesus says there are going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. But you should not be alarmed when there are wars and rumors of wars. Well, I'm going to tell you what. 
uh, in response to that, that it's a little difficult not to be alarmed when you hear of wars and rumors of wars. But Jesus is telling us, calm down. These things are going to happen. And you might be in the midst of one. In fact, you might be deployed into a war. But the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation. The word there is ethnos, so those would be what we call ethnic conflicts. Those can happen inside of a country. Uh, inside of a country, we call the nation against nation usually, you know, ethnos, swarm of people, group of people. Uh, you know, we usually call those civil wars. Why? Because they're happening within the boundaries of the same country. But they can be, they can be cross-boundary for sure. But these things will happen. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Kingdoms are those that have dominated uh, many ethnos, many swarms of people, many nations. The Soviet Union, uh, England in the day, Spain in the day, uh, Portugal in the day, the Roman Empire, Greece, Persia, Babylon, kingdom against kingdom. And they'll be fighting. So they contain many countries, many ethnos, and they'll be fighting. There'll be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of the birth pains. So these things are going to happen. Keep your eyes open. Uh, these are going to happen. But we shouldn't necessarily be alarmed. Now, we should be aware. Um, we should be on our game. But we shouldn't be alarmed. Really, if we're trusting in Jesus, we shouldn't be alarmed about anything, really. You must be on your guard, verse 9. You'll be handed over to local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. Well, this actually happened to the Apostle Paul when he got converted, Acts chapter 9. Uh, the Lord told him what was going to happen to him. And he said one of the things that was going to happen to him is he was going to be an apostle. He was going to be sent to the Gentiles and that he would witness before governors and kings. And certainly he did. And certainly many of us have had these strange, unusual opportunities to witness in front of kings and governors and all kinds of places where the Lord puts us in these places and we are able to share. And But you'll be flogged. You see, you're going to be hated even by your own family. Verse 10, And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. So this gospel is supposed to go to all the nations, all the ethnos, all the people, all the continents, North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, Antarctica. Well, who's living down in Antarctica? Well, there's some scientists down there, and so you have to witness to them. And maybe there's, there's probably a church going on in those little study centers down in Antarctica somewhere, people gathering together to pray and read the Bible. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you're arrested, not if you get arrested, but whenever you do, there's the presupposition that you will. Well, most of us that are listening to this live in the United States, and the United States has been pretty free from persecution. We haven't been arrested because of our faith, but we shouldn't think that that day would not come. Whenever you're arrested and brought to trial, don't worry ahead of time what you're going to say. Just say whatever is given to you at that time, for it's not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Now, some people think this means that if you have a teaching ministry or preaching ministry or public ministry of some type, that you don't need to prepare. You should just wait for the Spirit to show you. And not at all. If you're a teacher, then you should be prepared to be a teacher. If you're a preacher proclaiming, you should be prepared. It's saying that when they bring you to court because of this, when they arrest you because of this, you, you don't need to prepare what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will, will teach you. And if you want a good example of this, you can go to Acts chapter 7. 
when Stephen is arrested. Stephen's a deacon. He's not a preacher. He's not a elder. He's not a he's not an apostle. He he serves tables. He serves food to widows. That was his his ministry in the church. And uh, Stephen, when he's when he's arrested, they asked him a question. They said, you know, they accused him. They said, you're speaking against the temple all the time. How do you answer to that? And the Holy Spirit gives him this amazing answer to their question. Gives a, a whole history of the Bible in one chapter, chapter seven of the book of Acts. So it wasn't Stephen who prepared that and was reading some outline and giving uh, chapter and verse and giving footnotes. It was the Holy Spirit giving it to him on the spot. He probably even surprised himself. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Well, this still happens in, uh, right now on the planet. In some Muslim countries, when people come to Christ, you can, you can lose your life for that. And family members will betray family members. And children will rebel against their parents, and they'll have them put to death. And all men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Now, we get to one more thing here. Uh, all of those are pretty much what we call age-long signs. What are the age-long signs that will happen in all the ages? There'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be deception. There'll be persecution. Um, you'll be arrested. Uh, people will betray you. But verse 14 says, When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand. Now, you should understand this one. Let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. It goes on and it says, if the Lord had not cut short those days, in verse 20, no one would survive. And it's talking about the end of time. Talking about the end of time. We don't have the time to get into all of that, but what it's talking about is a character known as the Antichrist. And the Antichrist goes into the temple uh, in Jerusalem and he declares himself to be God. He declares himself to be above anything that's called a God, anything that's a ruler. And he really demands worship. He is at a place where there's one world government, there's one world economy, there's one world leader, and everybody's going to have to go along with this or it's death. Now, uh, we also come into what's known as the rapture of the church, the imminent return of Jesus Christ, that he can come and take his church anytime. And so this would be an event that would happen after that. If you so subscribe to the rapture, I do. Uh, it's okay if you don't, um, but I do. And so, so this would happen after that, after that. So read the rest of the chapter, uh, fascinating stuff. But keep in mind, like, parse it out this way, that there are age-long signs, things that are happening all the time. Don't be alarmed about those things. They're going to happen. And then there's age-specific or end-specific events. And one of the end-specific events is when the Antichrist is on the scene and going into the temple. Uh, other, than, uh, other than that, most of these um, age-long events, um, they happen Let's keep our, our feet on the ground. What we like to say is keep your eyes to the sky, keep your feet on the ground, and keep your heart with people. So Bible and daily life, let's just keep walk, walking, through, walking, walking, <laughs> walking through one chapter of the New Testament a day, and we'll get through it. And wherever you're starting, if you're just starting right now, then that's fine. Um, just keep going, and when you get to the end, uh, do Matthew and the other parts of Mark and catch up. But it'd be great. I think every person should go through the New Testament at least one time in their life. Believer, unbeliever, whoever you are. Go through the New Testament one time in your life. Hey, bless you guys. Love you. Find us wherever you find us. Uh, Bible and Daily Life. Bless you.